Welcome to Leading on Purpose with Nicole Bendeley. What does it take to lead yourself and your teams to high performance with ease? Today, you'll discover simple practices that separate exceptional leaders from the rest. Now, here is your host, Nicole Bendeley. Hi, everyone. Welcome to this episode of Leading on Purpose. I'm Nicole Bendeley, and today's episode is all about empowering women to stand up, stand out, and be their best selves. And today's episode isn't just for women, all right? It's for anyone who wants to help break that glass ceiling for good. I discovered, you know, some research today as I was preparing for this show um, that I found quite deflating, to be honest. And um, it was a 2020 analysis, so a very recent study by Mercer of over 1,100 organizations across the world. And they found that the higher up the corporate ladder, the fewer the women. Now, that I didn't find in and of itself surprising, right? But it was the numbers, the stats that really surprised me and gave me pause. So for example, at the executive level, according to Mercer, only 23% of executives are women. That, that I find quite upsetting and shocking. Um, 29% of senior managers are women. 37% of managers are women and 47% of support staff are women. So we've Mm -hmm. got a long way to go, people, right? (laughs) And (laughs) and quite a long way to go. But that's okay, because we know where we need to go. And so today's episode is all about helping women and everyone in the organization to kick glass, as my guest, Patty Grimm, says. And Patty is the absolute right person to help us break that glass. She is a passionate woman leader who is dedicating her life to empowering women and girls to be the best they can be in any endeavor they choose. Patty is an author, speaker, trainer, coach, podcast guest extraordinaire, and woman's advocate. Patty has walked a mile in your shoes, gone from rock star to rock bottom, and came back stronger than ever. And she's showing us, she's showing me her red heeled shoe right now. I love it. Patty has over 25 years experience as a senior leader for global companies like Microsoft and Johnson and Johnson. And she runs her own training and consulting company focused on building great leaders, building rock star teams and fast tracking business results. And Patty, Patty and I were talking before the show. Patty lives in Rancho Mirage, California. So she's in sunny California and I'm in rainy Toronto right now. <laughs> so I love getting together with people from all over, which is fantastic. And she lives with her husband and two pugs, Roxy and Mango. And Patty's book, Quiet Women Never Changed History, Be Strong, Stand Up, and Stand Out, Let's Go Kick Some Glass, is available on Amazon. And uh, she's, uh, I think we have an offer for you later on in the show as well for that book. So, Patty, welcome. Thank you, Nicole. It's great to be here. And I love the title of your your radio show, your podcast, Leading with Purpose, because that's so important in business today. And the stat, I'll share some additional stats as well, because it's its kind of scary right now. I mean, it's a great time I was doing this. Grab your high heels or your tennis shoes, because there's going to be glass everywhere in hopefully the next 10, 15 years that we finally crash that bloody glass ceiling 
once and for all because it's there. It's a glass ceiling. There are a few holes. Yeah. But we've got to get rid of that because it's so valuable to have women in the workplace. Absolutely. So, you know, no, Patty, you've obviously had a very successful career, right? And in and as a leader as well in global Fortune 50 companies. And now you have also your own business. So I'd love to to for you to share with us what's your purpose, right? As a as a woman leader, how did you discover it? And and what motivates you to continue doing what you're doing in this stage of your life? When I look back over my career, I can look all the way back to my banking days when I went from being a part-time teller to being one of the first female vice presidents for a big California bank. Um, and at that time, I was one of the few, few, I was the first female vice president in my division uh, to be given that role. And I look back to that, that time in my career and actually my passion started back then. And this was back in the, in the 90s, early 90s, to be honest. And I could date myself a little bit here. <laughs> Um, but I started hosting on Saturdays. This is when banks were closed on Saturdays. I started hosting on Saturdays these events. And I didn't call them empowerment events because they were wasn't empowerment back then. It was all about motivation and inspiration. So I would pay all these people that were the non-leadership staff, which was 90% women. And I'd pay them overtime on a Saturday and I'd bus them into a location to go through these half-day development sessions about dress for success or how to gain confidence or how to overcome imposter syndrome or how to interview for a job or get the job of your dreams. And I started hosting those events um, twice a year and would bust in a couple hundred people. So it kind of started back then that I had this passion for really wanting to empower women and girls to be the best they could be. But then when I got into a company like Microsoft, which is a wonderful company, I had an amazing 15-year career wow. there, you know, and I had one year when I kind of went from rock star to rock bottom, we can talk about in a little bit, but I yeah. had this amazing career. I traveled the world. I, I lived in Singapore for three years and ran the customer partner experience team for Asia Pacific, and my husband and I moved to Singapore. Wow. We sent our son off to college. We moved to Singapore for three years. So I had an amazing, amazing career, and I had such passion um, and I was speaking at the women's conferences at Microsoft, and I was doing these workshops for different women groups, women groups that were in the organization. And so the passion really started with that. But I think the real thing that inspired me is when I went through that rock star to rock bottom moment. So tell us about that, Patty. Tell us about that that moment and and uh, yeah, how you went from rock star to rock bottom and back again. I came off of my best year ever. Literally, I received a huge promotion. I literally got the most amount of stock awards and bonuses I'd ever received. The, the, the bonus was so big and the raise was so high. I actually called HR and said, I think you made a mistake. <laughs> <laughs> I think the calculation is wrong. Wow, Patty, um, most people wouldn't call and check. <laughs> no, no, I'm, I'm that kind of person. <laughs> Honesty and ethics are sort of high on my Perfect. list leading with purpose. But, um, and so I literally sat there and I was on this executive potential program that only a few people got on the year. So I was on this rock star fast track to success. And then I started to, well, something started to happen to me. And instead of leading with my purpose and my passion in life, which is empowering people to be the best they could be, creating those great leaders, building rock star teams and helping companies fast track their results. I started living somebody else's dream, mm -hmm. somebody else's passion. 
I wasn't controlling my own destiny. I was trying to be a round peg in a square hole or a square peg in a round hole, whichever way you say it. I never quite get it right. That's yeah. okay. <laughs> That's so okay. I, I, was, I was just, I was trying to be everything to everybody. Right. And I was nothing to myself. I lost sense of my purpose. And I had to find my purpose again because I found myself on my bathroom floor one Monday morning in a combination of hysterical tears and sweat, trying to get the energy to go to work that day and put on that happy face and be that positive patty that everybody counted on. Pulling myself off that floor to go into the office that day and face another day to the job that I loved. Right. And so I really realized what happened is I stopped living my purpose. So that sort of led me on this crazy mission um, to spend three years interviewing over 3,200 women and men about what makes great women leaders. And the number one thing I found was I was not being strong and I wasn't standing up for myself and my vision. Wow. And so that's, thank you for sharing that, Patty, because I think especially now uh, in the world we live in and the pandemic that we're experiencing, so many people can relate to that feeling of uh, distress and maybe not even pinpointing exactly what it is, but this sense of overwhelm. And, you know, I remember myself finding myself on the kitchen floor, you know, bathroom floor, <laughs> kitchen floor, right? In the corner um, of a, you know, messy kitchen, uh, babies crying, you know, emails piling up yeah. and having a breakdown of what am I doing and how am I going to get through this and yeah. what's missing? Like I've got seemingly have everything, yeah. But I'm a mess and not happy, yeah. right? And, and there's there's a uh, McKinsey and Lean In, the lean, lean organization founded by Sheryl Sandberg, uh, McKinsey Company, always do an annual Women in the Workplace study. Their 2020 leadership Women in Leadership study found that one in four women are considering downsizing their career or leaving the workforce due to what you're saying, the COVID crisis, homeschooling your children. Uh, even if you don't homeschool, being in the same yeah. house 24 by seven with the same one, two, three people, or maybe you have dogs like I do, but being locked in the same house for, for so long and not being able to interact with people, they're considered for women. So think about that. If you are an owner of a company or you work in a corporation, imagine losing one in four of your talented women at this crisis time when you need them more than ever. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, what's so interesting um, to me is that, you know, as you know, obviously, Patty, um, that in August, right, we celebrated the 100th anniversary. I think it was August. Is that right? The 100th anniversary of the women's, of women's right to vote. White right? women's right to vote. Yeah. White, yeah. sorry, thank you for <laughs> clarifying that, of white women's right to vote, right? right? So share, would you share, even though it's been 100 years, right? And even though in the States, we now have a woman of color in who will become vice president, right? There's been advancement, but as we said at the beginning, nowhere near enough. So I know you've got a lot of research around the current state of women's fight for equity, access, and parity. Can you share a little bit with, of that with us, the current yeah, and, state of things? And the numbers that you stated are actually 
higher than oh. you'll see if you if you so Gosh. the 23% of women in senior leadership positions but if you look at the number of women in say the C suite the CEO the CIO the CFO the chief mark whatever the C role is right. in the C suite it's in the low teens Uh, And we celebrate things like we see one woman finally in charge of a major California, a major bank in the U.S., or one woman running a major company, and that's a huge accomplishment. But women's pay has really only gone up 1% in the last decade. And so we've gone, we're about 81 cents for a Caucasian woman earns in relation to a a job that a man makes a dollar for. And for women of color, it can be as low as 54 cents for Hispanic women and about 75 cents for women of color. So we're still underpaid. We're still underrepresented. We're still underserved. And that lack of pay parity, a World Forum organization came out with a study that said if women were paid equally, listen to this, it would be worth 12 trillion, trillion with a T dollars to the global economy if women were paid equally. And women's lack of pay doesn't just impact the woman. It impacts her family. It impacts your companies because she can't buy health insurance. She can't buy a home from you. She can't buy life insurance. She can't go buy the clothes that you produce or the manufacture good that you make if she doesn't have the income to buy it. And she's worrying about making the rent or the house payment or paying the bills or feeding her children. There are many women uh, where I live in the in Coachella Valley, which is out in the Palm Springs area, that are going without food or they're feeding themselves once a day so they can feed their children twice a day. Right. So we're in this terrible situation. In the U.S., there's still 13 states who have not passed the Equal Rights Amendment, granting the women the right to equal pay from the 1970s. When we first started kicking glass and talking about burning our bras and kicking the glass ceiling, back in the 70s, 80s, and 90s, we've been talking about this, back to 100 years. So we're still underpaid and underserved. And it's just frightening to see that we've, we're advancing, but we're not advancing fast enough. So given all that, given where we are at, um, before break, you know, where can we start? Like what is within our, and by our, I mean an organization's control, a leader's control, women's control, what's within our control to begin to affect change? And we can continue this discussion after break, but really would love to just get a sense of what can we do given the current state of things? I love the fact that you use the word control because the only thing we can control is us, how we think, how we react, how we respond. And we'll go into this in more detail in some of my research with women after the break. Um, But we can actually have men be bigger allies for women sponsor women. Don't be afraid because of the Me Too movement and all the things that have gone on the last five or 10 years. Don't be afraid to mentor and sponsor a woman. A mentor is someone who gives advice. A sponsor is someone who will sponsor that woman in the organization. Like my manager did when they said, Patty is ready for this international assignment. My manager was sponsoring me to go take an international assignment and run an international division across 13 countries from, from Australia to China to India to Sri Lanka to Vietnam, where we had four people, um, and Australia, where we had thousands of people, or Japan, where we had thousands of people. So we need men to stand up and be allies and to help raise women's voices. We'll talk about what women can do and other people can do also throughout the organization. 
And also, if we're in the situation where women are leaving the workforce, what can we do to mm-hmm. welcome them back? So mm-hmm. I've been promoting this idea of a returnship. Mm-hmm. Think of it like an internship for someone who's needed to leave the workplace, maybe for six months or 90 days or a year. And it could even be a man that needs to leave the workforce to care for an elderly parent for a year or more and wants to come back into the workforce. Let's have a returnship that could be 30, 60, 90 days long where they come back into the workforce. They have time to get their feet wet again. They learn kind of the culture and the scope and they kind of can move back into the normal flow before you hold them accountable for like a business results or in or a sales quota. Give them time to get back into the workplace and allow them to have this returnship to welcome them back. You know, set up classes for them. I haven't heard that term before. Returnship. That's great. Returnship. Yeah. I love that. And the concept of, you know, mentorship and sponsorship. Are you seeing a, a rise in the organizations that you work with in in sponsoring, in sponsorship of women? Or is this still a new thing? Or is it becoming more commonplace? Well, it's it's a little mix of both in a way. So a lot of companies are creating Typically, they're called employee resource groups or ERGs. So a company will sponsor a women's employee resource group, an Hispanic, a Caucasian, an Asian, a, a, an African-American group, a, you know, LGBTQ, and I don't right. always get that right, but LGBTQ right. <laughs> uh, resource groups. And so a right. lot of companies are sponsoring those things, but a lot of companies are doing it as like a checkbox. Mm-hmm. Are you doing something to create equity, parity, and inclusion, not just for women, for people of color? Absolutely. For everybody. And they checkbox. Yes, I did that. I have these employee resource groups. And they give them a little bit of money. But they don't take it seriously. Not they, don't, they don't make it part of the business. They're not holding leaders accountable. And accountability is what counts. If I'm not accountable for something, I might do it out of the goodness of my heart. But when times get tough... I'm back to my survival mode and doing what I need to do to push through those numbers, to get that quota, to do the things we need to do. So there's a lot that can be done and there's so much more. (laughs) So much more. Okay, perfect. So when we come back from break, we're going to explore your research and the so much more that uh, we can take control of to affect change. So we'll be right back. Stay tuned. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Leading a team today can be hard, but it doesn't have to be a struggle. With Kenco's self-paced e-course, leading high-performance teams, you'll gain everything you need to build the cohesion, communication, and engagement needed for your team to thrive. Right now, save 30% off the e-course. Plus, Nicole, host of Leading on Purpose, is including two coaching sessions with her at no extra charge. Use promo code VA30 when you visit kand.co slash ecourse. That's promo code VA30. Would you like a complimentary strategy session with Leading on Purpose host Nicole Bendeley? 
Nicole and her team have been making it possible for leaders to achieve exceptional results with ease for over 40 years. Nicole will help you to discover what's getting in your team's way from even better results and will share with you the simple practices that will make a big difference to your performance and theirs. Visit kand.co slash strategy and book your session with Nicole today. That's kand.co slash strategy. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are tuned into Leading on Purpose with Nicole Bendeley. Find out more about Nicole and her company, K&Co, and check out her suite of leadership tools and resources at kand.co. Now, back to Leading on Purpose. All right, welcome back. Before we jump back in with um, Patty, I do want to share with you a book offer that that she has for our listeners. Um, And, you know, we mentioned the book Women Kicking Glass. So if you go to womenkickingglass.com slash book, you can get that book for only $20 or sorry, $10. Gosh, $10, Patty. That's awesome. And that includes over $200 in free bonuses and free shipping and hand. Handling and that free shipping and handling is for those of you in the U.S., okay? Um, and outside the U.S., it's also available on Kindle. And you can also reach out to Patty directly for a 15-minute strategy session. And I really encourage you um, to do that, um, to discover what it is that, you know, you can do to help move this along, this movement along. Um, and you can reach her at pattygrimatlive.com. All right. So let's jump back into it, Patty. So Let's explore a little bit, go back to some of your research, right? And then we'll go into what some strategies. So as part of your book, you mentioned you researched quite a number. I think you mentioned, I can't remember the number. 3,200 people. 3,200 people on what makes a strong, confident woman leader at any age and any stage of her career. So what did you discover? I'd also like to better understand how you define strong and confident, right? So what did you discover through that research? What I found out was very, very interesting. And as I was interviewing people, I mean, I started out thinking, oh, I'll interview a couple hundred people. But every time I interviewed somebody, they'd say, oh, you need to talk to Nicole. Oh, you need to talk to Brian. Oh, you need to talk to this person. And it just kept growing. And I finally had at one point in time just put a, a nail in the ground and say, that's it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to write the book based on what I have when I got to the 3,200. Wow, that's over, a lot of people. It was over, <laughs> over 3,200. Uh, and what was interesting is when you look at the top characteristics, the top 10 characteristics for women and men, they are quite similar. What is different is the order. So hmm. you'll see men coming out stronger in strategic thinking, quick decision making, uh, in some of those areas. And you'll see women coming out stronger in being developer of people, of being collaborators, of making decisions in a different way. It's very typical if you had a decision to be made by two people, a woman and a man, the man will make the decision and he'll go maybe spend a few minutes talking to a few people and then he'll make a really quick decision, which is many times harder to implement because you haven't gathered consensus and feedback along the way. The woman makes a decision Well, she'll take a little bit more time to gather consensus 
and collaborate with people and get their input, which then she makes a decision which might take a couple of days or a week longer, but it's easier to implement because people have bought into it. Um, One of the women I interviewed for my book is uh, Colonel Deb Lewis. She's a good friend of mine. She was one of the first women to graduate from West Point and served a 30-plus year career in the military, including commanding troops in Iraq and Afghanistan, uh, and then came on to have a wonderful career, now lives in Hawaii with her husband, who was also in the military. But she taught me a, a lot of things. But one of the things she taught me was this idea that women see around the corners, hmm. that men's brains are programmed like in, in compartments or boxes. So they right. need to make a decision uh, they they pull out that compartment, they make that decision, they put that back, they go on to the next one. So they're very uh, linear, I guess you'd say, in their thinking. Women are more spatial. They lose right brain, left brain, front and back. They'll they'll uh, they'll be able to multitask and be able to you know cook up the bacon and take care of the kids and do a Zoom meeting at right. the same time kind of thing. <laughs> that old Helen Redding song, right? who many just passed away. But she said they see around the corners is what, what Deb, Colonel Deb Lewis said. And when I asked what she meant by that, she said, well, you'll see is if you watch many times men in meetings and they'll be there with their agenda and they go through their agenda, topic item by topic item, agenda ends on time, they end the meeting, they high five themselves or a couple of their buddies or do a fist bump and say, wasn't that a great meeting? But they didn't realize and notice that half the team didn't buy into that decision or Mm -hmm. there was conflict in the meeting and they just ignored it. They just glassed over it. The woman in the meeting, and I've observed this, will notice something is not right. Will notice people aren't bought in or somebody is disengaged because the conflicts got too tough for them. And she'll say something. It seems like we're not in agreement here. Let's go around the room and get everyone's opinion. So again, that decision-making of, wanting to gather that consensus and decision-making. Um, men and women are both needed in the workplace. I have a concept for a new book called When She Rises, He mm-hmm. Does Not Fall, right. How to Create Inclusive Workplaces for All. Um, another research study has shown, several research studies have shown that when women leaders are in senior level positions, revenue goes up, market share goes up, employee engagement goes up a lot. And customer loyalty goes up. So there's real business reasons for needing more women leaders. Absolutely. And so going back, it's interesting um, because I picked up on on the term of the the use of the term notice. Right? Women are more likely to notice, you know, the social the social awareness piece, maybe a little higher on EQ right? Where we'll notice somebody might be uncomfortable with, with a decision or uncomfortable um, with the course of the discussion. And we'll notice body language. The noticing versus actually doing something and speaking up it d- depends a little bit on the psychological safety in, in the room and yeah. on our own confidence, maybe as uh, a woman or um a minority or right that a minority even in the hierarchy lower on in the lower in the hierarchy to actually stand up and speak out right and raise your voice so i'm curious what your advice is around what is within our control within organizations as as women who are seeking higher levels of leadership, who might be bumping up against barriers, what's within our control? 
There's um, when I was doing the research, I actually had this crazy thing I did of, of as I was finding thoughts and quotes and ideas, I was writing them on post-it notes and pasting them all over my office wall. And then I took those and I put those thoughts and comments and quotes and ideas and put them into themes. Those themes became five secrets, basically, of all the people I interviewed, women and men, but mostly the women of their best practices. The five things any woman can do that's in her control to put into practice to be a strong, confident, empowered woman leader. What I mean strong and confident, the ability to stand up for yourself and what you believe in and balancing that strength with confidence Mm -hmm. that first shows in your body. Right. So but confidence shows in your as your head up or your shoulders back, your ears yeah. over your shoulders. And even in your Zoom meetings, are you making sure your camera's on so you can get heard? But also you making sure that you're visually the same size as somebody else. A lot of times I'll adjust mm, interesting. so that I'm the same height or space as somebody else and taking up space. You know, uh, don't make yourself look small. And being able to do things like that. So I found these five things that's in the book with exercises and activities that apply to women. But I think they also apply to a lot of people of color. Another person I interviewed for my book uh, was a gentleman named Rick who happened to be a Chinese man. And when I started describing what women were facing, right, needing to be do perform at 150% to get noticed, right? Mm. Men get promoted on potential. Women and people of color get promoted on performance. You have to perform. I had to perform at my job to be ready for that international assignment. I had the potential, but I didn't get promoted until I was able to perform. I could do that international job in the U.S. before I could take that international assignment. So promoting people based on performance and potential. But what Rick said to me when I described what women were facing, having to work twice as hard, getting our voices heard, uh, fitting in with the crowd, doing the things that fit. He said, as an Asian Chinese man, I feel the exact same way. Mm-hmm. So I think these five things apply to women and they apply to men. So can you share the five things at, without giving away everything, but <laughs> the, the, the top level five, five things we should be conscious yeah. of? So number one is be strong. It's be all strong. about playing to your strengths. And finding jobs and career opportunities or volunteer work that fit to your strengths. When you play to your strengths, you perform better, you have less stress, you're happier, and you're able to excel in work and life. So play to your strengths. Go buy one of the books by Marcus Buckingham mm-hmm. on Strength Finder. And what's one called now? Play to your strengths. He's got five or six books. Gallup also has a version of Strength Finder as well. Or you can go online and take a free DISC profile, capital D, small i, S-C. It's a pretty popular profile, personality profile, that will show whether you're not, you're more analytical, you're more uh, caring, you're more direct, you're more people-focused, you're more creative, and find jobs and career opportunities that fit those strengths. When I was trying to play everybody else's tune, and I was like a puppet trying to be everyone else, that's when I went from rock star to rock bottom. When I found my strength and came back to what I love doing, uh, I was able to pick myself back up again and come back stronger than ever. And it took some time. I mean, I took a couple, you know, four, five, six months to really get myself fully back to speed. But I took control over the fact that it was me and I needed to play to my strengths. Number, yeah, go ahead. I was just going to say, I love that you're recommending that people, you know, get the Strengths Finders book by by Marcus or take mm-hmm. the disc. 
adjustment because sometimes we're our harshest critic. And so oh. when, not sometimes, for me always, always. right? Women always. Are worse. <laughs> right? And so I was thinking, oh my gosh, what are my strengths? And I don't know if I would, I would probably be underselling myself to myself. And so to have an assessment or a book where that will just show you, you, oh. right? Um, to probably a better degree than um, than you could on your own. So thank you for yep, sharing yep. that. So be strong, play to yep, your strength. Yep, yep. And I have, a fun, I have a fun exercise yep. in the book where I ask people to pick whether they're an owl, an eacock, or an owl, a peacock, a dove, or a eagle. Uh-huh. And I, I use that with this. So if you're very direct, you're an eagle. If you're if you're very creative, you're a peacock. If you're very caring, you're a dove. And if you're very analytical, you're an owl. Uh, and it's a fun way. I've done a ton of companies, feed, you know, in healthcare companies, all kinds of companies, and a ton of feed, team building exercises just around these birds. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. So, so you know, you're preparing to go meet with an owl, right? Yeah. What do you got to do to have your facts sure in order? Facts in order, exactly. Yep. Be brief, be bold. Don't embellish the facts. Just state the facts and leave. <laughs> well, that's you know, that's actually um, I would guess also really helpful in any in any uh, for anybody who's aspiring to yeah. to grow in their leadership role in building communication skills, that social oh, yeah. awareness and understanding other people's styles and preferences, right? So that's yeah. great. Yeah, so I number- do so many. Yeah, I do so many team building activities around this, around play to people's strengths and find what they're good at, and and be able to manage and be. It's like their golden rule is treat people the way you want to be treated. As a leader, the platinum rule is treat people the way they want to be treated. Absolutely. 100%, Patty. So number two, what's the second one? Number two is stand up. This is what saved me. And I would say saved my bacon and got me back to strength again. So in order to stand up, you need something to stand on. Mm-hmm. And that means writing a personal vision statement. Now, many women have vision boards, and some men may have vision boards as well. This is an actual vision statement you use to make career and life decisions. This is something like my vision statement is to make a difference. That's the short version of it. Right. right? The LinkedIn version is make a difference, empower women and girls be the best they can be in any endeavor they choose. So find a way to craft this vision statement and how you can do it. There's an exercise in the book, but I'll describe it quickly. Is imagine you're on your favorite show. Now, when I was thinking about it originally, it was the Oprah show, but now it's the Ellen show, right? So my vision is I'm on the Ellen show or you're on the Ellen show. It's five years from now and you are that accomplished, confident leader and you're surrounded by your friends, your family, your coworkers, your bosses, and they're talking about you as as who you are and just write down all those words, right? Made a difference kept coming up for me, passion compassion, developer of people, uh, quick decision maker, all these words kept coming up and then take those words and put them into a statement and say, Nicole is a compassionate, empowering, authentic leader who makes a difference in the world. Or Nicole, is, or whatever the thing is, and write it out, put it on your bathroom mirror, because we all look at the mirror once or twice a day, put it on your computer screen, put it up, and then make career and life decisions. So if you're asking, do I take job A or job B, ask yourself which one best fits my strengths, which one best fits my vision, and your choice becomes clear. I love that. I love that. Thank you, Patty. And then before break, number three. Number three is stand out. 
Ah, it's about being valuable, being visible, and being vocal. So what that means is now you know your strengths and you have your vision, become valuable at your craft. So if since you do a lot of work in healthcare, if you're a great nurse practitioner, mm-hmm. take classes, workshops, webinars, YouTube videos, do anything you can to refine your craft. If you're a leader, Take time to watch YouTube videos of Brene Brown or of great leaders, uh, Marcus Buckingham, or write, you know, take time to take classes, webinars, things that are free in your control to become so valuable at your craft that you become the expert in your field. And they become vocal and visible. So learn to say, especially for women, most times women get a compliment. Oh, Nicole, that was a great meeting. What do women usually say? Oh, the, it was it was a group effort, or it wasn't really that great, or it was my team. It was exactly. a, it was a group effort. <laughs> oh, I could have done better. Oh, I misspelled something on the slide. I t o instead right. of two o o. One mistake on a slide, and we beat ourselves to death. Just learn to say, "Let it go." Learn to sing, "Let it go." Right. And just learn to to get over the fact that we're not perfect and perfectionism. And just, say, just take the comp, take thank it. You. Thank you. Someone right? gave you a gift and a compliment. When you justify it or downplay it, you take that compliment away. And then you'll find yourself getting less compliments because people know you won't take it by just saying, thank you. And then Absolutely. ask yourself, what could I do differently next time if you wanted to improve? And be vocal. So be mm-hmm. visible. Stand up in meetings. Attend the, okay. take a few minutes before the Zoom meeting. You only have to dress from the waist up. Just don't right. stand up if you're wearing shorts or something. Uh, but you only have to dress from the waist up and show up for those meetings. Make yourself visible in the camera. Have an opinion. Ask for the agenda ahead of time. So you can have an opinion or a thought on something that you want to contribute. And be able to say, hey, I, I have something I want like to share with the group. I'd like to get, throw out this idea. I think this is going to work for us. So be more vocal, be more visible, be more valuable. Good. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Well, we're going to we come back. Two more. <laughs> two more after break. So stay tuned. Voice America is on your favorite smart speaker. If you have Alexa or Google Home, go ahead and give us a try. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast on TuneIn. Would you like a complimentary strategy session with Leading on Purpose host Nicole Bendeley? Nicole and her team have been making it possible for leaders to achieve exceptional results with ease for over 40 years. Nicole will help you to discover what's getting in your team's way from even better results and will share with you the simple practices that will make a big difference to your performance and theirs. Visit kand.co slash strategy and book your session with Nicole today. That's kand.co slash strategy. Leading a team today can be hard, but it doesn't have to be a struggle. With Kenco's self-paced e-course, Leading High-Performance Teams, you'll gain everything you need to build the cohesion, communication, and engagement needed for your team to thrive. Right now, save 30% off the e-course. Plus, Nicole, host of Leading on Purpose, is including two coaching sessions with her at no extra charge. Use promo code VA30 when you visit K-A-N-D dot co slash ecourse that's promo code va30 
It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are tuned into Leading on Purpose with Nicole Bendeley. Find out more about Nicole and her company, K&Co, and check out her suite of leadership tools and resources at kand.co. Now, back to Leading on Purpose. All right. So Patty shared with us the three of the five. Um, and before we get into the last two, I really just want to encourage you. Patty is is a wealth of knowledge. And um, so please reach out to her and book a 15-minute call and just to to get some ideas and suggestions on, on uh, or even to help create your personal vision, right? Mm-hmm. So reach out to her at pattygrim at live.com. All right, Patty, take us through the next two. Okay, and just one. So my email's a little bit different because it's oh, Patty. Sorry. That's okay, P-A-T-T-I-E-G-R-I-M-M at L-I-V-E dot com. So you had it right, but it's P-A-T-T with an I-E and Grim with two M's just for the spelling correct. So you have the email correct. Perfect. It's just the spelling. Perfect. Um, Thanks for clarifying. So number four is to put yourself, number one, on your things to do list. This oh is not. My gosh, that's the best. <laughs> this is not. This is not selfish. This is survival. Mm-hmm. This is survival. You can't pour from an empty teacup. They tell you on the airplane, put your mask on first right. before you try and save your child. You can't give away what you don't own. So if you don't take care of yourself and have strong self-esteem and self-confidence, eat, pray, love, go take time to do the things you love. You can't pass that on to your children, your coworkers, your employees, anything that's in your organization. So put yourself number one on the things to do list, not number 10. When I crashed and burned, I wasn't even on the list. Right. Let alone be number one. So take time to eat, pray, love, do things that you enjoy. Schedule time during today's environment where you're in Zoom meetings. There's going to be a new word in the dictionary called Zoomed out. Yeah. Be a new term this year. Um, just take five minutes and go walk outside. I don't care if it's pouring rain. Go stand in your deck with an umbrella. Absolutely, Patty. Just to, sorry to interrupt you, but one oh. of the things I've been suggesting to teams is enough with the 60-minute meetings. Make them 50 so that people have a 10-minute break between their next Zoom meeting to go yes. outside, right? Or take a bio break for the love of God, but like go do something um, because it's you're sitting here staring at yourself and your team members all day long on these Zoom meetings. So Make, a, yeah. make them 45 or 50 minutes and they'll be much more efficient. Exactly, and you'll have people have time to go do things that they go outside, go re, go take a stretch, go 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 to the bathroom, go get a cup of coffee, go get something to eat. Or they're probably starving to death. You can't go meeting to meeting to meeting. It's just counterproductive. You'll just fall off the cliff, like I did. Absolutely. Uh, and then also do things that you love. You know, bake, gardening, uh, cooking, whatever you love. When uh, there was a time when COVID first hit. Out in the Coachella Valley, I went to eight grocery stores to find flour and yeast to bake bread. There was none on in any store, any specialty store. You couldn't yep. find yeast because <laughs> everybody know. was everybody baking. Was baking. <laughs> I, I, I got so much sourdough bread over the. Oh yeah, <laughs> that oh yeah, which I love. It's my weakness. Yeah, 
I, I, my too. I'm not a sweet freak. I'm a sourdough. I'm a bread freak. And so yeah. I even found the secret of how to get the dough crispy. So oh, <laughs> I took, took a few tries. Yum, yum. <laughs> so I'm curious, before we get to the number five, I, why do women, and this might be just a big assumption on my part, and I'm maybe projecting myself here, but why do women experience more guilt around self-care and putting self first versus maybe our men do? Um, I think a lot of it actually, and it actually bleeds into the concept of perfectionism and imposter syndrome. Mm -hmm. I think it comes from how we were raised. And I know you want to talk about this. So I think it's come from how little girls are raised, even in today's progressive environment of girls playing sports. Good grief. There was just a young woman that just kicked a uh, play, play, played in a football game, an American football game at Vanderbilt University this weekend as the first woman to play in a college football game. Wow, amazing. So we're, so we're breaking through a lot of those ceilings, but I think it's still that how little girls are raised. We're taught mm-hmm. to be the good girl, get the good grades, go to the good school, have the good friends. Don't say anything unless you have something nice to say. Mm-hmm. Little girls are candy and spice and everything nice. And so it prevents sometimes women from standing up for themselves and what they believe in. But it also gets us into this guilt mode of I'm not perfect. Right. Perfectionism is the one thing in all my research that's holding women back. We look at that job that we want and we have nine of the 10 characteristics and research shows women won't apply. Hmm. Because they don't think they're ready. I'm not good enough. Right. I'm not there yet. Uh, that imposter syndrome comes in. Somebody's going to find out I'm not that smart when you really are. And you should just go for it and go for that job. And if you don't get it, ask why and what you could do to get mm-hmm. it next time. Mm-hmm. And then go put that into your action plan. But I think perf- here's what the definition of perfectionism that's so damaging. It's a personality trait characterized by unrealistic high expectations. I have to be perfect at working out. I have to be perfect cook, perfect mom, perfect homeschooler, perfect boss, perfect employee. So it's a personality trait with overly high performance expectations combined with caring too much about what other people think and being overly self-critical. So if we can't do it well, if I can't go for an hour-long run, well, then I don't go for a five-minute walk. Mm-hmm. Because I can't mm-hmm. do it perfect. So I think that's the number one thing we need to do to raise girls that are brave and bold and brilliant. Young girls, when they're under the preteen age, they think they're invincible. We need to keep sponsoring that when they become preteens and they get pressured with social media that they're not perfect. They're young girls getting thigh surgery to get that thigh gap. Right. Or getting getting their ribs taken out so they can have that Kim Kardashian race and booty. Right. Love right. them. For, so scary. Praise them on their accomplishments, not just how they look. Mm-hmm. And exactly in their character and who they are. Right. Yeah. Thank, th- yeah. Yeah. Thank you for being a good friend today. Exactly. Exactly. I love that. Um, and so. What's number five? What's number five is number five is a is a pretty easy one. It's pay it forward. 
there was forward. there was the concept in the movie of pay it forward. It's like you buy a cup of coffee for the person at Starbucks that's behind you and you hope they pay it forward, pay it forward, pay it forward. Or you do something kind for someone, just be kind. But really, uh, it's been about, about uh, paying it forward and helping all women be strong. Uh, speaking up for that woman in the meeting. Mm-hmm. So if you if you bring up an idea in the meeting that doesn't get heard, I should speak up and say, Nicole had a concept or an idea I think we should explore. Can you say that again, Nicole? I love so that. So lift all women up. All boats will rise to the top if we lift everybody up. So I want women to support, not sabotage, collaborate, yeah. not compete. And I want men and boys to also help lift women up, help them be the strong, talented, amazing people that they are. So speaking of boys and being a mom of two young boys, any advice for, so you, you spoke beautifully about young girls, right? Any advice to parents of young boys? Uh, teach your boys. I started teaching my boy to my son to cook when he was like two or three years old. Yeah. Uh, you know, teach him the, all the household things, how to wash, how to clean, how to sew on a button. When my son got to college, he was one of the most popular <laughs> boys because he could cook. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I keep cook. telling my boys I'm I'm. Um, your your future partners will thank me. Yes. Yeah, uh, my son one year for, I think it was, it might have been homecoming or some prom or some dance. Instead of going out to a restaurant with his girlfriend, he invited her to our home. And we had a split level house. So we had a downstairs with a separate living room, dining room, kitchen. He He made her favorite dinner, which was chicken Alfredo with garlic bread and Caesar salad. He had rose petals from the front door down the stairs to the basement where the hot where hit where they were going to eat uh, and then he had her name spelled out in rose petals uh-huh. so learn to treat women and girls with mutual with respect right there's a whole there's a, a i think it's a dove commercial dove the soap mm-hmm. right that's called like a girl where it says you throw like a girl you run like a girl yes. you play like a girl it's really a cute commercial you can find it on youtube i'm sure it's, it's, it's okay. It's okay to throw like a girl. It's Absolutely. okay to play like a girl. Uh, you know, teach young boys that to treat people with respect and kindness and that boys and girls can do anything they put their minds to. Perfect. And, and I would guess that your, your book, Women Kicking Glass would be great for young girls as well. Oh yeah. Yeah. The, the parents at that group of, uh, they were probably, I'm going to say they were between 16 and 18. The girls in the workshop I did, they all bought books. Awesome. At the special ten dollar offer, which is Amazon, it's eighteen ninety five. It's ten dollars if you buy it me at an event, or if I do an event for your company, I also offer it to you for ten bucks. So you don't have to buy on Amazon for eighteen ninety five. Perfect. And so we were talking about younger generations, right? Young girls. So are there differences with respect to generations in how women approach work, and what should we be, or leadership roles, right. or? What do we, what should we know about, you know, millennials, for example? Yeah, I think there's a lot of millennial young women that are extremely talented and they're going into all new, uh, very new fields for many, for women in many cases, whether that be a firefighter, whether that be doing whatever they want to do, whatever their passion happens to be in life. So I think I want to see those young women, encourage those young women to continue to do those things that are outside of the box. Uh, and also, too, that I think they need to recognize that in some cases, millennials have not experienced 
some of the things that you and I have gone through, right? They haven't experienced the sexual harassment that we probably both went through in our careers. I know I did. There are many people I probably could have sued for sexual harassment, Mm -hmm. but I usually just joked it off and walked away or said something sarcastic and made some smart ass, excuse me, remark and walked away or, or something. Uh, They haven't experienced the idea that they go for that job and they don't get it because they're a woman and a man that deserves the job. But to recognize those things are happening and push through those barriers, ask those tough questions. If somebody says you're bossy, which a lot of women get called bossy, say thank you. I'm just trying to make my point here. And you don't want to be too bossy because then you become aggressive, not assertive. When you're aggressive, you're attacking someone so that you can win. When you're assertive, you're standing up for yourself, your beliefs in your team, but you're not doing it at the, at the cost of someone else. You're trying to get to that win-win solution. You're not trying to say, I'm going to win this, this fight or this debate or this battle, and you're going to lose. It's like having more of a win-win mentality. And just recognize that we've been kicking this glass ceiling for a long time. Yeah. And there are a few cracks coming and grab your high heels or your tennis shoes because there's going to be glass everywhere and just keep breaking it. Thank you, Patty. Thank you so much. You know, (laughs) I, I, I find this, you know, both inspiring and daunting, but like you've been saying, right, it's, it's, what are the little things that will result in big changes that, that we can take control of in, in um, standing up, in standing out, in being strong, in paying it forward. And please, everybody, put yourself first. What we need most right now is self-care, compassion, and understanding for one another. Mm-hmm. And that is all about supporting one another, supporting yourself and supporting your team members in doing the best they can right now, given the resources that they have in the moment. And we don't know what's happening behind those Zoom screens, right? We don't know what's happening in people's lives right now. And so um, just encouraging everybody to practice self-care And um, if you aren't being encouraged, well, stand up and take it for yourself and uh, put yourself first. So thank you all so, so much. Thank you, Patty. And remember to check out womenkickingglass.com slash book to get your $10 book with over $200 worth of resources. Thank you for that, Patty. Oh, you're so welcome. I'm so happy to pass it on. And like you said, we all need to kick this glass ceiling. And for the men out there, I mean... Having compassion for your people uh, is so important right now. Sometimes when we say little things that we don't realize they really matter, uh, we say things like, when we get back to work, right. and, what the, and employees who have been working their tail off for eight, nine months, managing all of this craziness, when they hear get back to work, they're like, what do you think I've been doing all this time? Jerk, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> Ch- changing that to when we get back to the workplace, when we get That's back right. to the office, when we, so what you say really matters and compassion will show. And that's what people need right now is compassion. Absolutely. Well, thank you, Patty. Thank you so much. And on that note, take really good care, everybody, and uh, find a, a moment of, of peace today, even if it's just for a couple of minutes to take care of yourself. Thanks, Patty. Thanks, everybody.
Thank you for joining us this week. Please tune in again for another edition of Leading on Purpose with your host, Nicole Bendeley, on the Voice America Empowerment Channel next Monday at 12 noon Pacific Time and 3 p.m. Eastern Time. Have a wonderful week.